how's everyone doing today? You feeling good? Awake? Some people, maybe. Who is doing an NCAA bracket out there? I even hesitate saying this because I think it might jinx me. But I am out of 90 people in my bracket. I am number one right now. I have been number one, which I think is the first time in my entire life that I am number one at something sports related. So I had to share it with all of you today because that is awesome that I am winning. I had one of the pastors here at the church tell me last night, you are the reason I didn't do a bracket this year because it was going to make me so mad that someone who knew nothing about this was going to win. You are the reason. And I'm like, that's okay. I don't care because $500 later, so pray for me. Pray that God blesses me and that God would further (laughs) my bracket, right? Well, hey, we are so excited to have you here with us today. We're currently in a series called The Faces of Jesus, and Pastor John did an awesome job last week talking about Jesus as our good shepherd, right? He is the one that leads us, that when we submit ourselves to him, he leads us in the ways that we should go, and he has good things for us, but it only comes through us submitting that he is our shepherd and we are his sheep. And today I want to take it a little bit further because I think once we'd make that decision to go, yes, you are my shepherd, Jesus. You are the person I want to follow for the rest of my life. He goes, great, now I want to begin to teach you. I want to begin to teach you because it's one step to say I follow you. But in Psalm, it says this, Psalm 32, 8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the ways which you should go. If you ever had a, a place in your life where you didn't know which way to go, right? There's these times that there are many different options and many different roads. And it's like, let's just roll the dice and hope we get the right one. But Jesus says, no, no, I have the right road for you. I have the right way in which you should go. And I want to teach you, not force you to do those things, not make you do those things, but let me come in and teach you in the ways in which you should go. And it says, I will counsel you with my eye upon you. He is always with us, right? He is always with us in every decision that we make, in every life situation that we are going through. He is with us, and he is teaching us. He's teaching us in the good times. I believe he's teaching us in the bad times, and he's teaching us everywhere in between. And the reason why I know that is because God created us to learn, right? God created you and he created me to have these incredible brains that really are limitless in what we can learn and in what we can discover here. I think it's so interesting because we have this ability to learn anything that we want to learn here, right? And the crazy thing is that you don't just peak, right, at some moment or some time. You don't just all of a sudden at 25, thank goodness for those above 25, that's not the best you get, but at all these different ages in our life, God is teaching us. In your 70s, you have the highest vocabulary. That's when you peak with vocabulary, is in your 70s. That's incredible. Toward the end of your life, toward those times that God is still teaching us and God is still desiring us to learn new things. I think it's interesting because even the Pharisees, right, these men who hated Jesus, 
These men who could not admit that he was the Savior, that he was the Son of God, they absolutely would never accept that, still called Jesus teacher. And he had an answer for every single question they threw at him. For every trap that they set for him, he was ready and he was prepared. He was ready, right? And the amazing thing is he wants to give that to you and to me that we would be able to be people who can learn from him and take that into our own personal lives. He wants to teach you. He wants to teach you and he wants to give you knowledge and he wants to give you power in all of these things. So I am a teacher. I have my teaching degree. I would like to say it was a four-year thing, but really, let's be honest, it was six years. It took me a while. Kept dropping out of classes. (laughs) Kept, you know, having babies. But it doesn't matter because eventually I got there and I have the degree. So I have a teaching degree. And the reason why I went into teaching is because I love to teach. From, I was thinking about it from the age when I was even little. They used to put me with the kids who were behind because I was good at teaching. I was good and I hated it, right? I'm the third grader who's with the kid who's so far behind. And I was like, oh my gosh, all my friends are going to think I am not smart. I was so mad about it. And then I figured out in high school, okay, I can make money off of teaching other kids how to learn. And I'd start tutoring all these kids and these parents would give me their money. It was awesome. It was far better than any babysitting job I had at the time, I like to teach. And even today, standing up on this stage, I don't like being up here because I like being the center of attention. I'm the middle child. What middle child likes to be the center of attention, right? And I don't like to just talk all the time. And it's not even to give these great messages or to get the well done. But the greatest thing and the reason why I'm up here is because I like to teach. I like to teach what God has given me and what he's imparting to me, to those who are around me. I love to do that. And I think the greatest compliment that people give me after a message isn't, hey, that was a great message, or, or that was really awesome, or anything like that. It's, hey, I learned this new thing about Jesus. Because what he is always desiring for us is to learn new things about who he is. Because in learning new things about who Jesus is, we begin to learn who we truly are. And we get to walk in the freedom of who we truly are when we know more and more about him. And just like in learning, we don't peek at our knowledge of Jesus. You could read the same one scripture every single day for the rest of your life. And I believe God could give you fresh revelation on that one scripture forever. Why did he give us a Bible? To teach us. Why does he bring us the Holy Spirit after he left to teach us and to guide us, right? He is desiring for us to know him and to glorify him here on this earth. So in my teaching expertise and in the things that I've learned over the last few years of being a teacher and going to school for it and being up here on stage, I felt like the Lord gave me this really awesome message about why Jesus teaches us and two thoughts on his teachings, two thoughts about the teachings of Jesus that I think are really great. And if we can grab hold of this, I think you're going to walk away today knowing a little bit more about who Jesus is, which is why you come here, right? You come here to know who Jesus is. So two thoughts about the teachings of Jesus. And the first one is this. Why does Jesus teach us? Why does he teach us? Because if you don't know why he teaches us, 
then why does it even matter that he is teaching us? Why does he teach us? Why did he allow us? Why did he create us to be taught? Why did he create us to be learners in this world? Right? Because I think he could have, God could have designed us to be people who just knew all from the very beginning. From infancy on, anything we, we looked at, we just knew. And we didn't have to learn. And we just were able to know all of it. But he didn't create us that way. Or I think about Jesus and the ministry he did leading up to his death. And he taught. He spent three years of his life teaching anyone and everyone who would listen to him. He grabbed these disciples around him and he said, learn from me because I'm not always going to be here. He teaches us because he wants us to do what he did and what he's doing. He teaches us because he wants us to be excited about the things that he's doing. He teaches us because have you ever been in the place where you've struggled so hard to learn a new thing? Or you've watched your child maybe struggling with something. And the second the light bulb goes on, it's like you know the vast difference. It's night and day. And I think sometimes Jesus loves the revelation that comes with learning a new thing. So one of the reasons why Jesus teaches us is his teachings give us power. Luke 6.40 says this, a pupil is not above his teacher, right? We are never to be above Jesus. We will never be above him, but everyone, after he or she has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. I read that and I know Jesus' full desire for us is to be like him. He teaches us because he wants us to be like him. He wants us to do his works. He wants us to have power like him. So I taught kindergarten for a while before I became a mom. And you think, why would anyone ever willingly teach kindergarten, right? Because they're gross. Those kindergarten kids are gross. They never wash their hands. I think they always have dirt on their face. No matter how many times you wipe it off, it's like this permanent stain of dirt. Sometimes they wet their pants still, right? And that's not a fun age to clean up at school. I cannot tell you how many times we had to call the janitor down to our classroom to fix the toilet that kids had thrown, just toilet paper rolls in. It was just fun. It was just fun times, right? We used a lot of hand sanitizer. That was the number one thing we asked people to bring. Parents, bring hand sanitizer because we use all of it. Yes, all 100 bottles will be used by the end of the year. So why would I do that? Why would I do this? Is because I love to watch a child learn to read. And kindergarten is the age that most kids do that. And so I got the pleasure of sitting with several kids as they began to make the connection of these words or these, these words um, are reading. And these words make sense and there's context to what I'm reading. And so it was this amazing moment that this child for the very first time was given this power that can now be never taken away from him or her. It gave them power to now move forward and to learn a limitless amount of things. And I think Jesus teaches us because he wants you to have power and dominion here on the earth. He teaches you because he wants to empower you to go and to do his work. 
He wants you to go and fight the enemy. I think sometimes we wait for the Lord and we say, hey, come fight this and come battle this for us. And he goes, no, I've already taught you how to do this. Now take the land that I have given you. Be a Joshua of this generation and don't be like the old Israelites who doubted and said there's no possible way after knowing all that we know that we could ever take the giants of of this land that we've been promised. There's no way. And my thing is this to you today is have the power that you know God has given you to take the land that he has promised you. That's why he teaches you. That's why he gives you this power because he wants the enemy to suffer and he wants you to use you to make that happen. So why does he teach us? He teaches us to give us power. And then a second thing is this, his teachings generate excitement. For all the parents in the room, any parents, right? There's quite a few. Okay. So I have two little boys, and my two little boys are awesome, and my boys have both walked kind of later in life. They're just no-rush kind of kids, really smart kids, but just, I don't, I think they got my athletic talent, right? I think they're going to be the bracket winners and not so much playing in the sports. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But they have both walked late, and and. When we were going through the process, actually my second isn't walking yet still. He's 12 months. It's okay. He'll walk one day. But when we watched our firstborn walk for the very first time, like we had spent weeks trying to get him to do this, right? And weeks practicing this with him. Like you like, you're like, look, Ezra, I can walk. Now you do. You look like a fool trying to teach your kids new things. Have you ever thought about that? You're like, oh, do you say mama? Say mama. If only people could film us as we're teaching our children these new things. But as I was teaching my son to walk and the first steps he took, this new learning that happened in his life. I was so excited. I scared him so much that I think he fell down because I was like so excited. Like, you did it. I think I acted like he had won a million dollars or won the Super Bowl. As excited as I was for my little boy to walk for the first time. And as I was thinking about that, Jesus showed me that's how I feel every time you learn something new about who I am. He is so excited when you get this revelation of who he is. I think some of the things that he is excited about that we learn is is the love of the Father. Because that's a hard one for some people to grasp and to fully believe. I think we have the knowledge of it, but there's so much more than just having the words, the understanding. Like, I can know that two plus two equals four, right? I can say that, and I know that that is fact. But when I get the understanding of why two plus two equals four, that's when I have fully grasped the new knowledge. And in the same way, I can say, oh, I know that God loves me. I know that he loves me. But when you feel it, when you know it, it's something that can never be taken away from you, right? When you have felt the Father's love in your life and you're like, I get it. I get it. It's the best day. And it's not just the best day for you. It's the best day for him. Oh, he's so excited. Or when you realize that you have power over the enemy, do you know how excited Jesus is when you get that concept? 
when you have that knowledge in your life, it is like me cheering on my two-year-old son, like, you got it. Oh, I'm more excited than you could ever possibly be because you don't even understand now the power that you have for the rest of your life moving forward. That's what Jesus does when we learn new things about who he is. And we should always be learning new things, right? We should always, this, this isn't like, I learned for the year my one thing about Jesus, so now I'm good. He says, no, once you've learned something, keep coming to me. Keep running after me. Keep going after the things that I have for you because I have so much for you. I have so much to teach you. I'll never run out of things teaching you here. And once we're done here on earth, I believe he has more to teach us in heaven. I believe he has way more to teach us in heaven. I think that's part of what makes us human is our ability to learn and our desire to learn. We have these brains, right? And, and the brain that God gave humans is this really gross-looking brain. It's the really grooved brain. It's the one that has, like, all the wrinkles in it. The more wrinkles, the better. It's the, it shows our intelligence, and the interesting thing is, in animals that are low on the intellectual side, like koalas, koalas have these really smooth brains. There's no grooves in them, which makes sense because koalas eat one food, and the one food is slowly killing the koalas. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's a weird thing to do, right? God didn't bless koalas with the ability to learn, evidently, but he blessed us with that ability. He wants you to be learning. I think it's a thing in this life that brings satisfaction to us, that brings purpose to our life the more we learn. I love to learn. I pretty much have decided I'm an expert on anything. I'm a doctor some days, depending on what WebMD article I've read. I'm a scientist sometimes. I am a sports person. See that? I'm not. No, that didn't work. I, I am anything that I read about, right, because I have this ability to learn. So that's why Jesus teaches us. He teaches us to give us power, and he teaches us because it excites him, and it ex should excite you. And then the second thought is how Jesus teaches us. How does Jesus teach us? Because you can have the why, and you can have all this information, but the important part about having information is it applying it to something. Information is kind of useless unless you're using it for a purpose. So Jesus doesn't just want you to know why he's teaching you. He wants you to know how he's teaching you so that you can be used for his glory. Your life is used and his desire is to bring glory to his father's name. And sometimes I think that's hard as humans because we go, well, no, but it should really be about me. But no. The most satisfying life is lived for one that isn't for yourself. And that sounds so backward, but isn't the kingdom of heaven so backward? Isn't it lived, the first shall be last and the last shall be first? When you live for yourself, I think this comes with anxiety. I think a lot of times it comes with selfishness. I think a lot of times it comes with worry and all of these things. But when you go, Father in heaven, I live for you and you alone, it's like this peace washes over us. And no longer do you have to worry about what you're doing because you know someone greater than you is taking care of that and teaching you along the way. Because like last week we taught, we learned he is the good shepherd. So when we take that knowledge and we absorb it, then we can learn more about what he has for us. 
In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says this, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is our mission chant, right? Everybody knows this scripture. Everybody knows this. Go, therefore. We're called to make disciples. We're called to baptize them. And we leave it at that. But God showed me this really cool thing about the scripture. And it's in the second portion. And it's this. Teaching them. Who are we to teach? Those who don't know about who he is. We are called to teach. So not only are we called to learn, but we're called to teach. When we take our learning, what we're called to do with it is to use it to those who are around us. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's this thing I think that happens when we read scriptures like this. And we go, well, I'm unqualified to teach people. You're qualified, right? Because I'm standing up on the stage. I'm qualified. But here's the truth. I'm no more qualified to teach people than you are to teach those who are around you. We are all called and we are all qualified. If you know Jesus and you're walking with Jesus, then you are qualified to share Jesus with those who are around you. Because the nod you have is, I know Jesus is my Savior. I know he loves me. And I know that at the end of all of this, there are two places that we get to go. And that's power and that's truth. And we are doing a disservice to all those around us by saying, I just don't feel like I am an expert enough to explain those things. You know, the Bible talks about in that day and in that time, he will give you the words that you need. We sometimes like to play it safe and we sometimes like to go, I need to learn more and I need to observe this more. And Jesus says, just go, just go. I am with you always. So if you just go, it will be amazing how much more and how much faster you'll be able to learn the things I have for you. You want to learn about who he is? Start sharing about who he is. He gives you more the more you share. It's amazing. Your cup will never run dry if you use your life to glorify him. Even in the hard times, right? Because there's hard times. There's times of suffering. There's times where it's not easy to do the things that we are called to do. Last night, my son was up all night. I'm pretty sure somehow at 12 months old, he knew that I needed to be up early today. He knew it. And he decided he was going to be up all night. Right? It was not easy getting up this morning. You know what gets me up? Is the thought that you are going to learn something about who Jesus is. Oh, that excites me. That excites me and that should excite you. Are you coming to church just to hear a message or are you coming here to learn new things about who he is? Because every time you leave this church, what should happen is you should know something new about who your Lord and Savior is. And in that, you should learn something new than about who you are. Because when trained to be trained like the teacher, you get to be like the teacher. There's this phrase that is really great when it te- what teachers use in um, lesson planning and in how they teach students. And it was something that I saw very effective while I was teaching. And it's this phrase called, I do, we do, you do. I do, we do, you do. And I want to unpack this a little bit for you. So the I do is the teacher. 
okay? The I do is the student watching the teacher do something. I, as a teacher, would model the new subject or the new topic or the new idea for the students. Because a good teacher knows that you don't just go, hey, here's some paperwork, figure it out. That's not what a good teacher does. A good teacher goes, watch me do it first. So back to why did Jesus spend three years on this earth? He spent three years going, watch me do it first. Watch me do it first because what I have for you and what I have in mind is that you one day are going to go out and do these things. So watch me do it first. Watch me love people well. Watch me show you righteous anger. Watch me use parables. Watch me how I speak to different people in different ways. Watch me. And Jesus was so good at that. We have a full book of watch me and watch how I do this. And then the second phase of this is we do. We do it together. Let's do this together. The teacher and the student will now begin to work together on this new idea or this new thing that you're learning. Are you learning something right now? Are you doing something with Jesus? It's this time of let's do it together because this is a safe time. It's a time to figure it out. It's a time to make mistakes. And it's okay to make mistakes because I am with you in this season. I think of the story about Jesus on the boat with the disciples, and the storm is raging. And the storm obviously has to be a very bad storm because these fishermen, these men who have grown up on the water, are terrified of this storm. So this isn't just a sprinkle. This is we're going to die, and they are well aware of it, right? And this has always hung me up. Jesus, why are you sleeping? Why are you sleeping? Because if you are our good shepherd and you love us and you want to protect us and you want to do all these things for us, why would you be sleeping on this boat? It's this thing I have struggled with and I have wrestled with and I haven't been able to have an answer until I started to put this message together and the Lord shows me this really amazing thing. He goes, because I was teaching them. See, because he's still on the boat, right? And if he would have been awakened, he would have been up on the top with them. They wouldn't have even tried. And no, they didn't didn't end up doing it right. But they were trying, and they were trying to figure out what do we do, and working through those problems. And sometimes Jesus has us work through and wrestle through these things that don't necessarily make sense to us all the time. And it's safe because he's there with us. And he's saying, I'm not going to do it for you. At first. Now he comes up, right, and he calms the storm. But then he goes, he says something really interesting, like, how long? How long am I going to have to do these things for you? And I've always interpreted this as he was angry at the disciples. But I think it was more, I need you to figure this out because I'm not always going to be here with you. I'm not always going to be able to come and just instantly calm the storm like that. I need you to learn what I have already given you. And I need you to begin to step out in these areas that may seem unsafe or that may feel uncomfortable. I need you to begin to walk in those things. Or Peter, right? Peter is again on the boat and Jesus is walking on the water. 
And here's the great thing that happens. It's this another teaching moment is Jesus says, hey, come to me. He takes a step back. He doesn't walk toward Peter. He doesn't go and grab Peter's hand and say, let's walk together. Because obviously, if he was holding Jesus' hand the whole time, he would have been able to walk on water the whole time. But you want to know the important thing is that Peter got out of the boat and he tried a new thing. He tried the thing that Jesus was trying to teach him. And that's the we do time in life. That's the time where we got to wrestle through, well, I, I think this is right. I think this is the right way of doing this. Some of the gifts in the spirit are practiced ones. I think prophecy is a practiced gift. I don't think it's just like, bam, here you go. But I think sometimes we have to practice that. Sometimes we have to go, okay, I'm going to step out in faith. I think talking about salvation with someone for the first time is a practiced gift. The first time I asked somebody about Jesus, I was in fourth grade. And I brought my friend the Left Behind series (laughs) for kids. Because I was like, I don't know how to do this, but these books are going to save her. Because I was terrified of all that happened in these books, so I thought this will scare her into heaven. (laughs) Right? In fourth grade, that was my best knowledge. But you know what Jesus thought that day? Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant, because you're trying. You're trying. And he and what he can do is so much greater than my mistakes along the way. He gets to fill in the gaps for where I fall short. Amen? Men. So that's the we do. But ultimately, his desire is that you do. You sitting in this room do the things that he did and does. Because a pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he has been fully trained. So after we have watched him and we've done it together, we will be like our good teacher. That is his greatest desire for us is that we get to be like him. And I know that because in John 14, 12 through 14, Jesus says this really powerful thing. And it's this, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, The works that I do, he will do also. So when we're trained like him, the works that he did, which think of the amazing things that Jesus did. He fed 5,000 people with just a few fish and just a few loaves. He healed unlimited amounts of people. He did incredible things. And he is telling the disciples, and I think it wasn't just for them, I believe fully that it's for us, right? Right? It's fully for us as well. He will do also, and not only that, church, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And here's why he does those things, and here's why his desire is for us to do greater things than even he did. He says this, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. And here's the thing, right? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son, that when we call on his name and we ask for things, his desire is to say yes and to do incredible things through you because his Father will be glorified at the end of all of it. Oh, Jesus, I want that. Oh, I want to be a part of your great plan to glorify the Father. That in my life, the one thing I once said about me is that my life was used for his glory. And that when people talk about me after I've long left this earth, that they really don't say things like, oh, she was nice, or she was funny, or she was short. 
but that they would say, she loved Jesus and she glorified him, that my life would really be more about him and so much less about me. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He will do it if you ask anything in his name. So that is great, right? And next week, my dad's going to talk about Jesus the healer because sometimes these things don't always happen. Because I've asked a lot of things in his name, and I haven't seen them happen, and I haven't seen an answer for them, or things in my personal life, or struggles that I have tried to overcome of worry, or anxiety, or fear, or things, right, in my life. And I go, but I read this scripture, and I believe that you tell the truth, your word is truth, so why aren't these things happening? And God showed me this really cool thing, and I want to give an example with my own son. So Ezra, you can come on up here, bud. Come here. Okay. What's your name, buddy? Mickey. Your name's Mickey? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, when's your birthday, Mickey? May 8th. Ooh, May 8th. And how old are you, Mickey? Two. You're two, that's right. Do you think I'm a pretty good teacher? Have I taught you some pretty awesome things in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you can totally read now? Yeah. Yeah, because my desire for you is to read, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I want you to look at this screen, okay? And I want you to read this to everybody, okay? What does this say? Nikki. Mickey. Okay. Is there any other words that you see up there? It's kind of a long sentence. Do you see anything else? Maybe about how mommy loves you or something like that? Mickey. Mickey? Yeah. Anything else? Mickey. Mickey. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that obviously didn't go very well, right? Because my son at two doesn't have the ability to read this complex sentence yet. And it's not that I don't want him to. And it's not that one day, that's my desire for him to be able to read those things, but that he doesn't have the capacity yet, and he's still learning. Go to the next slide. He's still learning this. And sometimes we get so hung up on the last part of it, right? And so hung up on going, I want the very end result, and we don't take the time to learn our ABCs. So Ezra, do you think you know some of these letters? Yeah. Okay. What letter is, you got to come close to me so you can talk in the mic. What letter is this? A. And what sound does A make? Ah, ah, ah. That's right, you boy genius. Okay, well, what letter is this? B. What sound? Ba, ba, ba. Wow. Oh, you want to choose? Okay, what letter is this? M. No, that one's M. W. Yes. Okay, you want to go to, okay, well, what letter is this? And what sound does it make? What sound does it make? M, M, M. Ooh, do you want to spell your name for everybody? Yeah. Okay. E-Z-R-A. Good job. All right, go sit back down with Aunt Amy. Okay, so it's really cute to be able to bring my son up here and show you how awesome he is and how smart he is, right? But I have more than just that, is the fact and the truth of this. We have to learn our ABCs before we can move on to learning our words. 
or before we can learn on to learning sentences or paragraphs or anything like that, right? We know that learning to read is building blocks upon each other. And if you don't get your foundation right, you can't move on until you know those things. You might be able to sight read, right? You might be able to fake it for a little bit. I think that's what we like to do is we like to go, take me to the complex stuff and take me to those things. Take me to the end result, but we're not willing to go, God, where you have me right now, I'm going to learn everything that is in this place. And as I was preparing this message, I felt like he would have me ask you, if you've been in a place for a long time, if you've been in the same exact place, And you've asked questions like, why am I not moving? And have you forgotten me? Or why has this happened to me? God, I feel like you have promises for my life. But I haven't seen those things fulfilled. Why? And I felt like what he would have me ask you is this. Have you not learned the thing he has for you in that place? Because a good teacher will not move you forward till you've mastered the thing you're currently working on. Jesus wants to set you up for success, and he wants to set you up to do greater things than he even did. But he can't move you on and move you forward until you take the time to learn what he's teaching you right here and right now. So as we begin to close this message I want to ask, are you in the you-do phase of life where you are watching Jesus work? You are watching him. You are observing him. You are gleaning everything you possibly could from him. My challenge in that then would be to learn everything that he's teaching you right now. To take it all in, to not count it a loss, to not count it a waste of time, but to take it all in. And to know that he ultimately is going to have you begin to do these things. Be patient in the time of learning from him. Because in all honesty, it's probably the easiest time. It's probably the time where you get to sit back and just enjoy what he's doing and what he's teaching. Or are you in the we do phase of life? Where you are learning right now, but you're also practicing those things. I feel like what he would have me tell you today is if you're making mistakes along the way, that doesn't mean you should just give up. It doesn't disqualify you. It means you're learning. And good teachers allow room for mistakes because it's okay. You're learning a new thing. But then on the flip side of that is this. And what he would have me tell you today is don't be content in the we do phase of life. But he's pushing you out of the boat and he's saying, how much longer am I going to have to be here? Because I don't want to coddle you. I want to empower you. It's far more exciting to go out and do things greater than he ever did than to just be satisfied where you're at. He always has us moving toward the you do phase of life, of you going out, of you being able to take all the knowledge that he has given you and to use it for his glory. And if you are in that you do phase, if you are out doing it, my encouragement would be to you is he has more for you. 
He has so much more for you. You will never be at any point in life like I've learned all that I can learn from him. I know all that there is to know, and now I can just sit back and relax. This life isn't for sitting back and relaxing. It's really not. And he really didn't create you to live that way. He created you to be active. He created you to be learning. He created you to be growing closer to him every day. And as you do that, to be drawing in all those around you to be doing the same thing. So, Father, I thank you that you are our good shepherd. I thank you that you love us and you take care of us and you look after us. But I also thank you, Jesus, that you are a great teacher. And not only do you want to look after us, but you want to send us out to be shepherds to those around us and to teach those around us. I feel like for this service and for these specific people listening right now, I feel like the word he would give is have courage. Have courage to try new things, to learn new things, to step out in the things that he's calling you to. Because church, every person who knows him and is serving him has a purpose. He designed you with a purpose in mind when he made you before you were even born. He said, oh, this is what I will use in this person. And I want to teach this person this fact about who I am so that they can make that so much more known in the earth. God, I believe you have great things for us to do. I believe that you want to use us I believe that you want to teach us, but I believe that you also want us to teach others. So God, would we be bold with the prayers we have to you? Would we be bold in the way that we live our life? Would we not just sit back and relax, Jesus, but would we always be moving forward? Even if we fumble or fall along the way, may we always be propelling ourselves forward toward the goal, and the goal is always you. In your great glory, we love you, Jesus. We give you this time. May we take to heart the things that you've taught us, and may we never forget it, but use the power you've given us, Lord. In your name, amen.